Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. And today I want to talk about how sons and daughters of freedom, they know their authority. They know their authority. Boy, it's about time that some sons and daughters of God begin to exercise our authority in this world. This world is problematic, folks. Satan is the God of this world system. But God made it very clear to us that in the Bible, that as sons and daughters of God, when we're born again, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have authority over all the power of the enemy, over all the power of the devil. In Luke, chapter 10, 19, Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means injure you, hurt you or harm you. I've given you authority, Jesus said, I've given it to you. It's already yours. When you're born again, this promise is yours. You have authority. We see that in Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter two. We've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're above all rule. We're above all principalities. We're above all power. So Satan is the god of this world system. He's the prince of the power of the air. But we are above him because we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's our position in Christ. That's your authority and that's my authority. And that is what children of God understand. Sons and daughters of God. We're not babies in Christ anymore. We can in in our humility, we need to be babies in our humility. We need to be babes in our innocence. We need to be babes, the Bible says. But in our knowledge, we need to understand what it means to be a son and daughter of God, a fully grown, mature child of God that knows their authority, that knows how to move mountains, that knows how to talk to demons, that knows how to cast them out, that knows how to lay hands on the sick and and see the sick recover, that knows how to pray and curse a fig tree that isn't that hasn't been producing any fruit and it withers up and dies at the words of the masters, at the words of the master. And we are joint heirs with him, even as he is. So are we in this world? First John, chapter four, verse 16 and 17 tells us so. We need to learn about our authority because there is a lack of exercising God's authority in this earth because Christians have have become ignorant or they've become maybe unbelieving of this kind of power and this kind of authority. Jesus said, don't even leave Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. He said, you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit. And part of that power of the Holy Spirit is knowing how to exercise and knowing how to use the authority, the equipment that God's given us to conquer, to rule and reign with him, not to conquer people, but to conquer spiritual forces, to conquer emotional battles, to conquer our pain, to conquer our fears, to conquer our anxieties, to conquer negative emotions, to conquer demonic forces, strongholds that are coming against us to try to keep us addicted and keep our families addicted and keep our families afraid and keep our families poor and keep our families sick and keep our families under the circumstances rather than above only. Like the Bible says, we are in Christ above only. We're seated with him in heavenly places. We're above only and not beneath. We're the head and not the tail. That's what the Bible says about you and me in Christ. By being born again, we have been instantly 
instantly put into a position of authority over the prince of the power of the air. I want to show it to you and illustrate it to you in the Bible. But I want you to understand when you know who you are, when you know that you're a son or daughter of God like this, you will begin to exercise in your authority and the devil will lose any power that you thought he had over you or that he tried to have over you when he was just stealing because you have the power, you have the authority. He's just trying to rob you of thinking that you have the authority. All right. So to know who we are, we got to follow the trail in the Bible of some people that knew who they were. Look at Exodus chapter three, verse 14. God introduces himself to Moses and he says, I am that I am. I am who I am. Boy, God knows who he is. I am who I am. He's the almighty. He's El Shaddai. He is who he who he is, who he is. I am who I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus said, I am that I am. God says here in Exodus chapter three, verse 14, it's an all powerful declaration. I am who I am. I am whoever you need me to be in your life. I am that. I am over all authority. This is God talking. I am over all authority. I am over all the universe. I am the creator. I am in charge. I do have authority. I do have dominion. But he decided to share it with us. So when Jesus comes to the earth in John, chapter eight, verse fifty eight, Jesus introduces himself in a similar way. God introduces himself. The father introduces himself saying, I am who I am. Jesus introduces himself here in John eight fifty eight and says, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was born, I am. So we have a couple people here that know who they are. The father knows who he is. I am who I am. The son knows who he is before Abraham was born. I am before Abraham was born. I am. Doesn't that seem strange unless Jesus has been in existence for all eternity, which he has, then he has the right to say that. But he knows who he is. He existed before Abraham because he existed as a part of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, three in one. It's a mystery, but it's the Trinity. And Jesus is a part of that. So the father knows who he is. I am who I am. Jesus knows who he is before Abraham was born. I am. You say, well, God knows that and Jesus knows that the Holy Spirit knows that. But what about people? We don't really have that kind of power to know that, do we? Well, interestingly enough, the Bible says we do, because Paul says this about himself as well. He says, but by the grace of God in first Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am who I am. I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me by the grace of God. I am what I am. So we have God who says I am who I am. We have Jesus who says before Abraham was born, I am. And we have Paul, the apostle, who says by the grace of God, I am what I am, what I'm what am I? What is he? He's the head and not the tail. He's above and not beneath. He's everything that you and I are. He's everything. He's everything that we are because he's in Christ and we're everything that he said he is because we're in Christ also. That simply means we've been born again. We've been placed in a union 
with Jesus. We've been placed in a in a joint relationship with Jesus. We've been made joint heirs with him. Somewhat could be used in the sense of a marriage that when two people have a joint authority over a bank account or over their will. This is what we've been made by the by God through Jesus death and resurrection. We're joint heirs with Jesus, it says in Romans chapter eight. And so we need to learn about this authority that we have so we can stop being kicked around by the devil and stop being kicked around by what's going on in the world and stop being afraid of everything that happens, because there's so much that's in this world that could make you afraid unless you know your authority, unless you know your rights, unless you know who you are. God knew who he was. I am that I am. Jesus knew who he was before Abraham was born. I am. Paul knows who he is. I am what I am by the grace of God. But let's contrast that with what happens when people don't know who they are. In Acts chapter 19, verse 13, it says this, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists not born again, but they were Jewish exorcists. They were trying to cast out demons. It says they took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord, on the name of the Lord Jesus. They didn't call on Jesus. They called on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. So they're trying to use the name of Jesus to cast out these evil spirits. But notice what they say. We exercise you, these Jewish exorcists. Boy, if they were dependent on this for their income, they're going to go broke, right? Because they weren't succeeding. They didn't do too well on this on this exorcism stuff. First, the first time we see these Jewish exorcists trying to do an exorcism, <laughs> they completely failed. Watch this. It says they took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. This is what they said to the evil spirits. We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Remember, Jesus knew who he was. Remember, Paul knew who he was. And they're trying to get this demon to leave through the Jesus who Paul preaches. So they said to the demons or the man with the demons. We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, it says in the next verse, verse 14. Now, there were seven sons of Sceva. That should. That should give us a clue right there. Notice how these men were described. Sons of Sceva. I don't know who Sceva was, but what we're going to see, he wasn't much because (laughs) nothing good happened to these guys by being sons of Sceva. But everything good can happen to you because you're a son or daughter of God. You're a son or daughter of freedom. We're the children of freedom. We're the children who have authority. We're the sons and daughters who have authority in this life. So there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did this. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? What a contrast. The demon answers back. Jesus, I know. Why does why does this demon know Jesus? Because Jesus knows who he is. Why does this demon know Paul? Because Paul knows who he is. 
And why does this demon not know these guys? Because they didn't know who they were. They didn't have an identity in Christ. Their identity was as sons of Sceva. Their identity was as Jewish priests. Their identity was as Jewish exorcists. And their father was a Jewish priest. None of these people were born again. None of these people had authority. And the devil knew that because Satan understands his rank is under us. Not that it's a rank that's he's not in the same army as us. But you understand by on the basis of authority, we got the father and the son. And then we got man underneath the father and the son, joint heirs with Jesus, submitted, though, to Jesus, submitted to God. But all demons and all devils are under us. They're under our feet. They're beneath you. They're under you. If you ever want to know if you ever want to have a conversation with the devil, whenever I want to have a conversation with the devil, I just I pick up my foot and I kind of look underneath my foot and I have a little conversation and then I step back down and stomp on the devil a little bit more because he's under our feet. He's under your feet, but you just haven't known it. But listen, when you know who you are, when you know who you are in Christ, it is only in Christ that we find out who we are. It is only in Christ. Ephesians 1:11 says in the Message Bible, for it is only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for, who we are and what we're living for, who we are and what we're living for. Who are we? We're sons and daughters of freedom. What does that mean? I've been telling you what that means. It means we we live fear fearlessly. It means we ask boldly. It means we receive freely. It means we get up quickly. It means we move by faith confidently. I mean, we could go through all of them again, but that's who we are and today. We're last week. We understood we're we sons and daughters of freedom, children of freedom, sons and daughters of God. We rest victoriously and here we're learning. We know our authority, sons and daughters of freedom. They know their authority. The evil spirit answers and says to these men, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? And it was a rhetorical question. The reason why the demons or the demon responds to these sons of Sceva and says, who are you? was because they didn't know who they were. There's no good answer here. It says then what happened? The man in whom the evil spirits was in the man who was possessed by the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, and then they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now, I want you to see five effects of humanity, five effects on humanity, humanity that doesn't understand their power and authority or that don't have power and authority. If you're not born again, you don't have power and authority over the devil. You're under the devil's dominion. The Bible talks all about that throughout Scripture. God gave his authority to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve acquiesced their authority to, to Satan through the serpent. And then Jesus came back and died to pay for that authority. Just he didn't just pay for our salvation with his blood and his death and his burial and resurrection. He also paid for our authority, took the keys of hell and death. Romans chapter one, verse 18 says he took the keys of hell and death. He said, I am the son of God. I am the king of kings and I hold I'm the alpha and the omega, he said. And I hold the keys of hell and death. 
think it's in Romans, uh, Revelation chapter one somewhere. And he said, I hold the keys of hell and death. Where did he get those keys? He he got them from the devil. Where did the devil get them from? Adam and Eve. Where did Adam and Eve get them from? God. And when Jesus takes the keys, who does he give them to his disciples? Who does he give the authority to you and me? Notice. Man without authority. There's five conditions of humanity without authority. Look at them. They're right there in verse 16. Look at what it says. The devil, the evil spirit overpowered them. Number one, man is overpowered without knowing their authority or having authority without having authority or being a child of God, a son and daughter of God and not knowing their authority, remaining in ignorance about it or disbelief about it or some other preacher told you, you you didn't have this kind of authority. Well, the Bible tells you you do. Look at what happened. Number one, man was overpowered. Number two, Satan prevailed against them. So not only was Satan overpowering man, not only were they without power, but they were constantly being defeated and prevailed against when a one team prevails against another. That means that team has defeated the other team to prevail against them means Satan was constantly defeating them. They are in a perpetual condition of defeat and failure. This is what all of mankind is plagued with. They might have victories in in different areas of life. Some people might be really masters in athletics or master, you know, uh, uh, at the highest level in their in their profession or their job. But they're not being but they're being prevailed against by Satan, keeping them blinded and keeping them defeated, keeping them without hope, keeping them without God, keeping them without the knowledge of who they could be in Christ. So number one, man is overpowered. Number two, man is defeated continually. Number three, man is on the run. So they fled out of that house. They began to run away. Satan had him on the run. Satan's got man on the run. Aren't you tired of being on the run? Aren't you tired of always running away from negative things rather than confronting those things and having knowing the authority that you have to speak to those things, to prevail against those things. Isn't it time that we start making the devil run rather than us running from him? These guys are running and fleeing out of the house. Now, we don't know whose house it was, but there's a good chance it might have been their house and they they're losing their house. The devil's running them out of their house. The devil's running them out of house and home. Regardless, he's got them on the run, even if it was somebody else's house. Satan has them on the run. This deep, this demon inside this man has these guys running away. We don't run away. We run with endurance. We run the race that is set before us. We run and not faint. We run and not fail. We're winners. We're champions. That's who you are in Christ. So but they fled out of the house. And then the next condition of man was it says they fled out of the house naked. Now, you know, they didn't start out naked, right? You know, these weren't naked exorcists going to, you know, scare the devil out of this man through their nakedness. That's not what was happening here. They had clothes. But why are they now 
running out naked. And why does God go to the trouble of mentioning that little detail? Because nakedness represents poverty. Nakedness represents lack. Nakedness represents not having what you need, not having your needs met. They ran out naked and they obviously had their clothes taken from them, stolen from them by the devil, stolen from them by this man. They ran out of the house naked. So these are the conditions of man without God's authority, without understanding God's authority, without being submitted to God's authority and then exerting and having the authority delegated to them to begin to exercise that authority, use that authority to be victorious in life. These are the conditions. Man is overpowered. He's powerless to to truly succeed in life. Man is defeated, prevailed against continually. Man is on the run, running from the things that scare, running from the things that Satan scares him with, threatens him with. And it says they left naked. They they left in need. They they left without having their necessities. That's the condition of man without power. And then the final one here and then we'll reverse this because Jesus reversed the curse, right? They were wounded. The devil wounded them. They were in pain. They were pierced with wounds. They were beaten up. They were wounded. They were sick. They were injured. They were damaged. What does the Bible say again in Luke, Chapter 10, verse 19 here? This these men were wounded. But what does the Bible say in Luke 10, 19? Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means injure you, wound you, hurt you or harm you. Wow. So if you go back and we realize that these seven men in verse 14, it says they were sons of Sceva, not sons and daughters of God, sons of Sceva. When your identity is just in your human relationship with your parents, when your identity is just your last name, that's there's no authority in that. But when your identity is is as a son or daughter of God, you have authority. Because that's why Satan said, if Jesus tells me to go, I'm going to go. Jesus, I know, verse 15. And Paul, I know if Jesus tells me I'm going to obey, if Paul tells me I'm going to go. But who are you? You can tell me to be cast out, but I'm not listening to you. Why? Because they're sons of Sceva, not sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters of God know their authority and they exercise their authority. Look at what happens, though, when you know who you are, you can reverse these five conditions that we find in verse 16. Look at them. The first one, if we go backwards, the last one, let's start with that one first. They were wounded. Well, the Bible says that as sons and daughters of God, we can be healed. In fact, as sons and daughters of God, it's our right to be healed. In Mark, Chapter seven, verse twenty seven, Jesus said when the woman came who wasn't Jewish, 
She came and she said, now, remember, this is before the cross. The story we just read out of it in Acts chapter 19 was after the cross, after Jesus resurrection, when authority was given to man, not just to not to the Jews, but to all who are born again. But before the cross, the Jews had the rights to healing. The Jews had the rights to the blessings of God just by being Jewish. And so this woman who wasn't Jewish came to Jesus and said, would you heal my daughter? She's demon possessed. And Jesus said to her, let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. In other words, Jesus was saying healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. Healing belongs to the children of God. Now, this woman appealed to Jesus on the basis of mercy. Even the dogs, Lord, eat crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus said, wow, this woman has faith. Be it done to you. And at that hour, her daughter was healed. Her daughter was delivered. Her daughter was set free. It says in verse the next verse, I believe, in verse twenty nine, because of this answer, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter and going back to her home. She found the child lying in bed, the demon having left her. But notice what he says. He says healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. You have the right to healing. She didn't even have the right. And yet she got healed. Her daughter got healed because she appealed to him for mercy just to have a scrap a crumb from the master's table. You you can you could be like her and you could say, I'll just take the crumb from the master's table and you can get that because there is mercy available to you in that way. But if you realize who you are, you then have the power and the right to be healed because healing belongs to the children and to heal others because the children of God can heal They can give out what they have received. We freely receive healing. We freely give healing. This is powerful authority that you and I have been given that we don't exercise enough. We don't we're not aware of enough. We're not we're not walking in life like this. We got to walk in life like we are the ones who have dominion. We are the ones in authority. We are the ones who can speak to the crime and command it to stop and command it to be to to be diminished. We can speak to the to the wars that are going on. We can speak. We can use if all of us say, well, how come we're not doing that? If everyone who knew they had authority actually exercised their authority and if everybody who had authority actually exercised it and used it, we would be seeing less sickness and less disease in the world. We would be seeing less poverty. We would be seeing less pain. We would be seeing less of everything, because as Jesus went, he healed them. He ministered to them. He freed people. He delivered people. He set the captives free. And we are the body of Christ. And we need to start acting that way by thinking that way, discovering and realizing the power that we have. These guys got wounded, but we get to be healed in first Peter, chapter two, verse twenty three and twenty four. I believe he said by his stripes. We are healed. He was 
wounded for our transgression, chastised for our peace. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, you were healed by his wounds. You were healed. Take that right to your healing by his wounds. You're not healed because you've prayed long enough. You're not healed because you are holy enough or godly enough. You're not healed because you had enough faith that nobody else had. You're healed by his wounds. You were healed. My faith isn't in my faith. It's in his wounds by his wounds. See that by his wounds. You were healed. It already happened on the cross. It is finished. Now receive it right where you are. Just say, I receive my healing. It's my right as a child of God. Secondly, if you go back to verse 16 of Acts 19, the last thing was they were wounded and before that they were naked. So number one, when you know who you are, you can experience healing. When you know who you are, you can get back what the devil stole. He stole their clothes. He stole their stuff. You can get it back. Proverbs 631 says when the thief is found, he must repay sevenfold. How do we find the thief? We realize how he's been stealing from us is by getting us to doubt who we are, by getting us to question our identity, by getting us to be silent with our words, by getting us to go ahead and just swallow all of the pain and swallow the wounds and swallow the this thievery that Satan's doing and he does it through people and he does it through bad, you know, opportunities that are sent your way. And listen, we don't have to stay poor. We don't have to stay broke. We don't have to stay naked. There is an abundance in Christ. Now, as your soul prospers, all the rest of your life will prosper and soul prosperity is produces whole prosperity. But the point that I'm trying to make, it's not about you getting money. It's not about that. It's about knowing that you have authority to get back what Satan stole, the years that he robbed you of, the peace of mind that he robbed you of, the family relationships that Satan robbed you of. It's time to get our stuff back and we have the authority to get it back. Because the only reason why Satan could steal all this stuff from these guys is because they didn't know that they were sons of Sceva rather than sons of God. They didn't have authority. And if they did, if even if they were born again, which we know they weren't, but if they were born again, they wouldn't have known. They didn't know the authority that they had. And that is why Paul gave us some of the letters that we have in Ephesians and Galatians so that we would understand our authority. And if we belong to Christ, we're Abraham's seed and we're heirs according to the promise. Woo! Third. You can get back. Number two, you can get back what was stolen from you. Third, you can put the devil on the run. Look at verse 16. They began to run away. They fled. Instead of us running, it's time for us to put the devil on the run. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus says to the devil when he's when he's trying to tempt him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Jesus told the devil to go away. I like the New American Standard translation. It says it says, go away, Satan, go away, go, Satan. 
for it is written and he speaks the word. That's how you get the devil on the run. Speak God's word. The devil goes on the run. Keep with it. Stay with it. He said it multiple times to the devil. Every time the devil came, Jesus hit him back every time with it is written. It is written. It is written. And then he finally says, go. And what does the Bible say happens in verse 11? And Satan went. Look at what it says there. And so the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. When you speak God's word, Satan leaves, demons, demons flee and angels come. Woo! Speak that word. It is written. He watched the devil on the run. It is all the stuff he stole from you. Get it all back. We call it back in Jesus name. Give us back our stuff, devil. Give us back our stuff. Say that out loud. Give me back my stuff, devil, and get out of here in Jesus name. And he say that out loud. Give me back my stuff, devil. Sevenfold, by the way, and get out now in Jesus name. Get out of my family. Get out of my home. Get out of my relationships. Get out of my finances. Get out of my marriage. Get out of my kids. Get out of my church. Get out of my loved ones. Get out of here and get going fast in Jesus. name. That's how you talk. <laughs> Woo! You have that authority. See, Satan's trying to rob this. He's trying to blind people. He's trying to blind churches where churches are caught up in politics and they're caught up in all this negativity and gossip. And oh, they're so we're forgetting what we're on this earth to do. Take dominion. Bible says, fill the earth, subdue the earth and rule. Not over people, over darkness, over all the things that come against mankind, blind them from God and try to keep them from God's best for their life. Woo. And then the Bible says we can prevail against Satan and we can prevail against our problems. It says in James 516, the prayers of the righteous man prevail, prevail much. The prayer of a righteous man prevails much. The way that our prayers are effective is when we pray, knowing that we're the righteousness of God. And that's when our prayers avail much. And then we can overcome. We begin to overcome rather than being overcome by rather than being overpowered. We are the overcomers. How do we overcome Romans chapter eight, verse thirty one? What shall we say to these things? And then he begins to list several things to say. How do we overcome by saying to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us in Romans eight, nineteen, all of creation, the whole of creation, all of nature is waiting eagerly for the children of God to be manifested or revealed for the sons of God to manifest their power. The mountains in your life are waiting for you to rise up and speak to those mountains and tell them what to do. All of the earth, all of the universe, all of creation is waiting for sons of God to take their rightful place and to put things in order with their faith, with their words, with their trust in God. Come on, let's pray together. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I have authority. I'm a son or daughter of God. I'm a I'm a child of freedom. I'm a son of freedom. I'm a daughter of freedom. Say that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. 
I have authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall wound me anymore. I'm healed by your stripes. I'm blessed and abundant because of your blessing. I'm more than enough for whatever I'm facing. I prevail because I'm the righteousness of God. Say that I prevail because I'm the righteousness of God. I overpower Satan. I put him on the run. I have more power, more authority than him. I'm in charge, not Satan, not my feelings, not my emotions, not my circumstances. I'm in charge. I have authority. I, I declare and decree a thing and it shall be in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you've never prayed to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, pray this out loud with me. Come on now. Pray this out loud with me. Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ. Just pray that you want to be born again. You want to have not only this authority, but have the the right to go to heaven, the right to be a son or daughter of God It's through Jesus blood and only through his blood. Just say that, Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior and Lord. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead from this moment forward. Come on, say that out loud from this moment forward. I'm a child of God. Now, if you prayed that, contact me right now. There's a link on your screen. Get a copy of my book, The Power of a New Life. It's you can download it anywhere in the world. It's absolutely free. Get it right now. You'll never be the same. Be a part of a family now, a church family. Welcome home. Thank you, everybody. I bless you. I love you. I tell you, you have power. You have authority. Now go walk in it with humility, but with confidence in Jesus name. See you at our next service.